Um, we're going to look into something really good today, I hope, and uh, is a blessing to all of you that are here and uh, also watching by internet. We welcome we welcome those that log in every Sunday and join us online. And I appreciate all of your comments that you type on there, text on there, and uh, encourages us. Amen. And we're reaching beyond these four walls and, and actually into the nations. So we thank God for that. Let's pray a minute. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for your love, your goodness, your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for all the uh, blessings of heaven that are available to us through Christ and his finished work. Lord, I thank you over the next few minutes as we share this message that uh, hearts are touched, our faith is encouraged, we're lifted up, that we can say that it was a good thing to go to church. It was a good thing to to take the time out of our busy lives and schedule to come and gather together, worship together, and hear the word. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll forgive me, I'm going to turn this Leslie speaker on a slower speed so that, that it quiets down. Praise God. Jack of all trades, right? <laughs> Play the organ, the piano, preach. At least I don't have to make announcements. I always botch those, so nobody lets me do that. Matthew 6, if you would, please look at, we're going to start at verse 5. we got some instructions here from Jesus, uh, prayer tips, if you want to say, from uh, from Jesus himself. How many believe he might have known something about praying and <laughs> communication with the Father? And uh, he gives us, of course, uh, later in this passage, we look at the Lord's Prayer. But he had some things, you know, we usually just, for speaking about the Lord's Prayer, we usually just kind of isolate it and then talk about only those verses. But he said some things before the Lord's Prayer that were instructional, and I think that would would serve us all very well, at least for me. Amen. And, uh, and of course, in the first few verses he, of this chapter, he's talking about giving, and uh, some people, again, when you read these scriptures, you have to apply it to your life today, like your modern <laughs> life today, amen, and, and don't get weird. And you, you know, some people talk about, you know, they, they'll take an Old Testament scripture and say, if you're, you know, if your left hand offends you, cut it off. So you got somebody walking around with a stump and you're saying, what happened to you? Well, I followed the word and I cut off my hand. It offended me. Well, it, it's, it's not exactly that direct. Amen. You need to apply some logic, common sense and listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, so you don't have to turn your faith in Christ into something really uber weird that scares the bejesus out of everybody. All right. And some people go to the extreme. So, you know, they'll read the scripture about that if a snake bites you, you know, that uh, it won't harm you. And then they start bringing snakes to church. Now, if you bring a snake to church, we're going to ask you and the snake to politely leave. And... uh Yes, so, you know, there. Is, how many know what I'm talking about? You can take Scripture to an extreme. And so, for example, in these first verses here, is talking about uh, when you give alms, 
uh, you know, to do it in secret. Well, that doesn't mean you can't fill out an offering envelope. That doesn't mean you can't put your offering in the plate or let anyone know what you're doing. But it's just talking about be discreet. Amen. You don't have to also get up and commandeer the stage and take the mic and announce how much you're giving. I've been in that meeting as well. And uh, it's like, okay, well, good for you. Aren't you cool? But anyway, so a lot of these scriptures, you have to take it and apply some common sense to it. Amen? So uh, he's talking about praying here, and this is very good. He says, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They got out of it what they wanted. They wanted attention. They wanted accolades. They wanted somebody to say, oh my, how spiritual and how deep and great you are. But uh, you'll notice here, Jesus is not so impressed with that, and I think he's saying the Father doesn't get a lot of blessing out of it either. You know, you really don't want to do anything to draw attention to yourself. If, if Even if you're giving out a word or, uh, or you're called upon to pray, it should all be directed to give honor to God. Amen? Give honor to Jesus and not honor to yourself. Look how cool I am. Amen. So, again... You don't want to take any of these things to the extreme. That doesn't mean that when you pray, you have to put a bag over your head and whisper and not let anybody see you. Okay, so you can you can balance this a, a, a little bit with a brain. God gave you a brain also. Some people were still believing God for that to manifest, but just kidding. Don't call CNN quite yet. All right. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast uh, shut thy door, pray to the Father, which is in secret, and the Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward you openly. And that just means that uh, this is not this is not prayer across the board. Every kind of prayer. We obviously have corporate prayer. Corporate meaning we're all cooperating together not a corporation, LLC. I had a lady got upset at a Baptist church because they announced corporate prayer. She didn't want to go there anymore. What kind of a church is this? It's all corporation. I said, that's not what that means. It just means everybody's praying together. Amen. So um, corporate prayer, obviously we're praying and somebody's leading the prayer. It's not secret. We don't have a bag over our head. We're not hiding behind anything. We're not in the closet. We're right here in an open forum in the in the sanctuary. Amen. So, again, this isn't talking about across the board. You get extreme about this. Nobody can pray in public because of this verse. I really feel the need to explain this sometimes. You know, we got all kind of people watching online and, and you don't you know, some folks just need it explained a little bit. Amen. Not trying to insult anyone's intelligence, just trying to make it clear and plain so we can get it. But basically, there are some prayers that are very sacred and very holy and very private. And, you know, you might have some things in your life that you want to talk to the Lord about that you don't want anyone else to hear. 
And that's what that's talking about. In other words, don't draw attention to yourself uh, from others. And um, like um, <laughs> Brother Hagen talked about, they'd have an altar call and everybody would, you know, back in the in the day in Pentecost, we'd all gather around the altars to pray, sometimes on a Sunday night or whatever. And said, uh, you have a financial need, so you go kneel by the richest guy in the church and uh, start praying really loud about your financial need. And, you know, Lord, we don't even have milk for the baby. We don't even have, you know, whatever. And finally, the guy, out of guilt, <laughs> just finally hands somebody some money and says, look, the Lord's answered my prayer. Well, no, the Lord didn't answer your prayer. You just worked the system. And uh, that's that's not acceptable. That's not good. Amen. So um, here he's just talking about, again, not across the board. Every, every time you pray, you got to go in the closet. It just means that uh, you're discreet about your prayer life. Praise God. And oftentimes the ones who are so loud about, I'm a, I'm a prayer and I can pray through and I can get it for you, uh, you find out you give them something pretty heavy, they'll freak out on you and run out the door. I've had that happen. This is one time I had this health issue and uh, I called this woman on the phone that had been just praised as this amazing person of prayer. You know, she was like the prayer guru of the faith movement somehow. And so I called her on the phone. I thought, well, I'm going to get a little agreement here. So I called her on the phone and I said, sister so-and-so, I said, I know you're a person of prayer and I've Trust your prayer, prayer life and, and everything. Yes, praise the Lord. God's used me. I said, well, I need him to use you now. I said, I've got a health issue that I need uh, a miracle. And um, I told her what it was, and she freaks out on the phone. Oh, my God, that's serious. My sister had that, almost died. I mean, absolutely melted down on the phone till I'm, now I'm praying for her. You know, so I didn't call her ever again. <laughs> Praise God. I was doing better by myself. <laughs> Amen. All right. We're going to get through this. Hair lips the devil. Verse 7, but when you pray... And this is good, because I've been in this meeting as well. When you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Now, I'm just going to tell you that the faith movement deserves that verse right there, because we got into a little bit heavy on confession. In other words, Jesus said you have what you say in Mark 11:23. And we believe that, amen? And we believe that you, your confession needs to line up with the Word. But then we got these folks that were chanting. I mean, literally chanting in meetings, you know, the same confession over and over and over. Somebody new walks in and they think they're in some cult. And they might have been in some cases. I'm just telling you, it just got really weird. The chanting and the saying it over and as if God's counting how many times that you've said that. And, that, and then if you... 
just out of desperation said something else, uh, then that negates everything you said before. You got to start over. I've actually been in that meeting where that was explained. Well, this is taking confession again to an extreme. You can take anything in the word to an extreme and you're no longer in, in truth. You're over in the ditch somewhere. It's like changing lanes on a, 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 at least a four lane. You know, you're going to get from the left lane over to the right lane. And if you don't, if you keep going, you're going to be in the ditch. And if you keep going, you're going to be in the swamp and you're going to be fighting an alligator through your front windshield in Florida. Anyway, <laughs> I was riding with a guy. It's his first time of driving in Florida. It was one of the security people on a team that came when we had our dedication and he's driving and he he decides to pull over to check the GPS or whatever and he's over on a shoulder on a little road that's got swamps on both sides and it's a heavy vehicle you know like a big SUV like a like a suburban or something and he's pulling over and I, I'm going no 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 do that you know because you know the car's starting to go into the goosh I said, you, you can't, you can't get off on a road in Florida. You're going to be in the underwater. I don't know what that has to do with anything about prayer, but it's a driving tip. You get, you learn all kinds of things here at church. <laughs> I'm, I'm believing God against adult attention deficit disorder. <laughs> I can get so distracted so fast. And poor Scarlett, we're trying to have a conversation, and I'm in the weeds, man. I'm over here. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? And she's she's trying to. She she always knows where we left off on the original topic. Thank God, because if she was like me, we would. I don't know if we'd find our way home. Sometimes I'm literally driving and I can't remember why I'm on the road, where I'm supposed to be going. Has anybody ever been where now where what store am I supposed to be <laughs> going to? <laughs> oh Lord. Help us, Jesus. Some people, you know, you wonder if they're on their meds or off their meds. You don't know. All right. That's probably not a politically correct joke. Anyway, you're not heard by God for your much speaking or your loud speaking. And see, don't put your rules on everybody else. Some people pray louder. They just do. They're just louder people, maybe. Or more, you know, more extroverted. And so you, you, um, you listen to them pray and you think they're getting on my nerves that they're loud praying. And then somebody else is a whisperer and they're wanting everybody to do like they do. Well, do your thing and leave everybody else alone. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just do what works for you and then don't might try to make it a rule for, for everybody and their brother. All right. These are just pastoral tips today. We're going to get to more that Jesus. Jesus, this was Jesus' idea. So if you don't like it, send him an email. 
Be not ye therefore like unto them. So we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be chanters. We don't want to be, you know, screamers necessarily. I've been in the screamer meeting too. Then you have to get in the prayer line for deafness. Okay, that was funnier in my head than it. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. So don't feel like you're going to spring a surprise on God. He knows, you know, he knows your financial situation. He knows your health situation. He knows your mental health situation. He knows everything about you. Amen. And so when you're going to him in prayer, uh, it isn't like, well, Lord, I hate to tell you this, but he, how many believe he already knows? And he has, he knows what we have need of before you ask, but still we need to ask because our asking shows faith. Say, so what do I need, what do I need to do? Oftentimes we're asking, what do I need to do to show my faith? Well, one thing is pray. Now, the reason I don't like to often teach on prayer as much as maybe we should is, is if you're not careful, folks want to make rules about it. And then there's no, there's no expression, there's no faith in it. So I say, start praying, even if you're praying wrong, at least start praying and get, and the Holy Spirit will help you get right. It's hard, it's hard to move a parked car. I'm just telling you. So sometimes you'll pull out and you go down, especially in Florida with all these U-turns. The way the roads are designed in the entire state from Pensacola to Key West is you have to do U-turns all the time to get. So sometimes you go the wrong way because you know you've got to turn around and get on the right path. Amen. So don't let the, the prayer rule monger people mess up your faith and mess up your expression. Amen. And, and to where you pray from your heart. And, uh, I've, corrected my prayer right in the middle of my prayer where I've started to pray something and I'm praying out of my emotions or my oppression or whatever <laughs> uh, more than out of faith and out of the word and uh, I've said Lord I repent for even saying that to you like stuff like Lord I don't know if you can but would you please well, what do you mean you don't know if you can? He can do everything. Amen. Amen. So sometimes we'll pray out of our, out of our emotions or out of our need instead of out of faith, but at least we're praying. I'd say start where you can. Amen. And move in. If you start in, if you start in desperation, end up in faith. But talk to him. Amen. Be a person of prayer. You don't have to, you know, I've been in churches where they literally had banners made that said, you know, prayer mama or whatever on it. Prayer leader, glitter, you know, like that. Everybody's got a banner. Another person's armor bearer, you know, you ever seen stuff like that? It's just, it gets weird because in a way, we're all armor bearers. In a way, we're all prayer. We're all on the prayer. If you're in this church, you're on the prayer team. Amen. 
Well, we need, I, I've been in meetings where they say, we, we want on the platform only seasoned prayers. If you're a seasoned, what does that mean? Now, to me, seasoning means the, the, the cast iron skillet in the oven. So maybe you've, if you've been fried by life, you should be up there. I don't know. That's ridiculous. I don't like all that weird stuff. I'm sorry. It's, it always leads to a hierarchy that starts up, and, and, and it makes people feel they can't participate. Amen? So I don't care if your prayer is as deep as, Jesus, help me, we'll use you. Praise God. Amen. You can just join in. Okay? Praise God. This is, let's just do it. Let's just do the word. Let's come to church. Let's come to church. Go to prayer. Let's pray. We're going to give. Say, all I got's a quarter. All I've got's a dollar. Put it in. Praise God. Just get in on it. Amen. Be a part of 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 of, of Christian expression. All right. Now let's see. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Verse nine. After this manner, so he's giving us some precursors to the Lord's prayer, and and on how to pray it. And then he finally says, after this manner, therefore pray you, our Father, which art in heaven. Now, I'm going to take this apart as long as time allows this morning, because I want this is the meat of the message. Our Father, which art in heaven. Thank God he didn't say, my Father, and the rest of you, don't you wish you were me? No, he's saying our Father, meaning he's my Father, but he's yours too. We share in this communion of saints. Praise God. We're, we're, a, we're, we're all a big family. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and then we are sons and daughters in faith, by the faith of Abraham, praise God, in Christ. Uh, he's our Father. So you need to make God, I've heard people say, I like to talk to Jesus, have a little talk with Jesus, <laughs> because I'm just scared of God, you know, just I, who am I to approach God? Well, I'll tell you who you are. You, if you're a born again believer, if you've called on the name of the Lord for salvation, He considers you a son. He considers you a daughter. Amen. And and the Bible says, go boldly to the throne of grace that you may find grace to help in time of need. You have a right to be in the throne room. You have a right to worship God and be with Him and talk to Him and call Him Father. Amen? Now, I've heard uh, that some people have have said that, they're, uh, that if they had an abusive father, they felt like they had an abusive father growing up, that the father thing doesn't work for them too well. But, you know, God can heal you of that. And uh, He can be the father... In, in more than, in more than just the normal way we think of him spiritually, he can be a, a father to you by the Holy Spirit of the father you never had. Yeah. Amen. And show you love. In fact, the Bible says if we being, uh, evil or carnal or just fleshly know how to bless our children, how much more does the heavenly father bless his children? Amen. So even if you had a, an amazing father, and I know that each person could have a different story. Some, somebody might say, well, my dad was just kind of average, not great, not terrible, but, you know, he didn't 
try to kill me at least. You know, that might be somebody's testimony. Somebody else might say, my father was amazing. It's just, you know, the most loving, giving, helpful person ever. And everything in between. But I'm telling you, no matter how amazing your father on earth was, God the Father is greater. Hallelujah. And he is He is above all. So you need to get used to that relationship. Amen? We are heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. Think about that. Now, see, religion won't let you think on that very long. Because, well, who are you to claim equal status with Jesus? Well, we're not claiming equal status with Jesus in every way, his messianic call and those things. But we are claiming equal status with Jesus when it comes to the Father God loving us. Amen? Because he gave Jesus so that he could have us. Praise God. I hope that helps you. I'm getting blessed whether anybody else is or not. Our Father which art in heaven. He's in heaven. Praise God. Hallowed be thy name. And they're not some that one song somewhere in the shadows you'll find Jesus. He's not in the shadows. Praise God. He's out in the open, and he's right here with you. Amen. Hallowed be thy name. Your name is holy, or holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come. Wow, that right there is an amazing three words. Thy kingdom come. We're living in God's kingdom. Amen. And we're not living in uh, Babylon anymore. We're not living in Egypt. We're living in God's kingdom. And he's calling his kingdom to come. He's saying, thy kingdom come or thy kingdom is come. Don't look at, well, when we all get over yonder, you know, to heaven, that's when we'll be in the kingdom. No, we're in the kingdom now. We're living in Canaan's land now. Now. And, yes, for eternity, but now also. Don't exclude now. So many old songs. Down here below we got troubles and trials. It's really bad. We might as well sing the hee-haw song. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for, weren't, don't you love that? Weren't, weren't. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Some Christian songs are about that bad. They're not, they're not a whole lot better. Except for, you know, someday it'll all, we'll understand it. Well, we understand it now. We got a Bible. We got the Holy Spirit. We don't have to wait to heaven and just be ignoramuses until we get over yonder. We can know something now. How about you? Do you believe that? Praise God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will. This is fantastic right here. Thy will be done on earth, in earth, same as it is in heaven. The same as it is in heaven. So if it's not God's will for you to have cancer in heaven, it's not God's will for you to have it here. If it's not God's will for you to go broke in heaven, it's not God's will for you to go broke here. Amen. Some some folks say, well, you know, on earth he might be walking you through the dark valley. 
Well, then expect dark mountain. Now, the problem with that is when you get to heaven, it's for eternity. At least here, there's the relief of death or something sometimes for people. You know, I've seen people suffer to the point that when death came, because they didn't receive a healing, they weren't able to, you know, overcome it, uh, that death was a relief. But can you imagine living in that for eternity? That would be bad. That doesn't sound like heaven to me. That sounds like someplace else. Hell, hell. Well, you can have hell on earth where you feel like you're in hell or somebody says, well, I'm not in hell, but I can see it from here. <laughs> you know, I can feel the flames. <laughs> so whatever, if, if, if it wouldn't, if what's happening in your life would not be God's will in heaven, it's not God's will here. That'll help you with your theology. That'll help you understand what's going on. Well, who's behind all the dark, ugly things? Well, that would be the devil. And Jesus said it so clearly in John 10.10. He said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it barely get by, scrape along, fingernails on the chalkboard. No. Abundantly. More abundantly, he said. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now what that means is you're going to give us provision for today to supply today's needs. Amen? Stop worrying about tomorrow. What's that song, One Day at a Time? Yesterday's gone. You know, something like that. Well, yesterday's gone. And tomorrow, Jesus, tomorrow, tomorrow's not technically really promised anybody. We have today, amen. You know what that means? We have daily bread, but we also have daily faith. We have faith for today. Amen. Praise God. Stop worrying about what's going to happen three weeks down the road or a month or whatever. Start just thanking God for today. And then tomorrow, do the same thing. And then the next day, do the same thing. Amen. Keep thanking Him and praising Him and say that. Lord, thank You for this day, our daily bread. Thank You for providing. Forgive us our debts. I wish it just stopped there. If you've ever had anybody owe you money and they won't pay you, the other part you have to deal with. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. <laughs> Amen. Now let me, again, apply some common sense here. That doesn't mean that if you loan money to somebody, it's not your right to ask for it back or to uh, try to make arrangements for them to pay you. But it just means that... Uh, uh, you, you just follow the Spirit on that. Amen? It doesn't mean you have to just forgive everything er, anybody ever owed you. But it does mean that you follow the Lord on it. Amen? And the Lord will show you how to how to maybe work with somebody or whatever. But in your heart, you need to forgive people. Don't hold grudges. Amen? And uh, hate people because of something they did or didn't do. My mother told me one time, she said, I searched the scriptures trying to find a verse to stand on to hold a grudge, and I can't find one. There's not one in there. <laughs> I thought that's pretty funny. 
If you knew my mother, you would understand. She wouldn't hold a grudge long because she'd just go over there and whip them. She'd settle it, you know. She wouldn't just slink off and be offended. So she had to believe God. Amen. Every now and then my mother would be so mad at somebody. She said, I got to go in here and pray. I got to get my heart right. I can't, I can't feel this way. I can't hold on to this. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, we've all been there maybe some way. I've been there and I can't feel this way. This is wrong. I can't, certainly can't act, start to act on it. Y'all getting anything out of this at all? Lead us not into temptation. Now, my dad was doing my sister's wedding in uh, 1971. Very nice church, the the Dorval Church of God in Dorval, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta, north north side, and a beautiful church building and candlelight and you know beautiful music playing. And he's supposed to do the Lord's prayer over the couple, you know. And and he and he's he left the knot out of the temptation, and he said very boldly, in the most beautiful voice, "And Lord, lead us into temptation." Of course, the whole place cracked up. And I think my brother-in-law—that's what he was believing for—to be led into some temptation there. <laughs> Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> I won't tell that. <laughs> There's things that just aren't appropriate. It's funny in my head, though, anyway. All right. Lead us not. Put the not in there. <laughs> To temptation. Now, you know, that's really important. Um, James said, you know, don't let anybody say that when they're tempted, they're tempted of the Lord. Pe- people say, well, the Lord's tempting me to test my faith. That is so unscriptural and accusatory of God, like he's some kind of tempter to get you to fail, see if you'll trip up or not. Testing you. That is ridiculous. Again, I don't know where some of this stuff comes from, but the Bible identifies any doctrine that's against the word as a doctrine of devils. And church is one of the principal headquarters for doctrines of devils. And I'm telling you, there can be some stuff that's preached and taught. And it's done in such holy, warbly voiced terms. And the Lord will take, you know, okay, please. Leave the warbling to the warbler bird, whatever. I don't need warbling to make me think you're anointed. Right? Uh, uh, uh. I used to say, you know how you could watch TV and then they'd have like words come up, you know, underneath what somebody... Just saying, I wish the Lord would just put that out here in front of, you know, when preachers preach. When they say something that's not of God, that God could say, I didn't say that. 
He's lying. He's crazy. You know, during COVID, they said there were three things, three positive reasons to stay home for church. One was you could watch church in your pajamas. Number two, you could have popcorn while watching church. Number three, you can mute the pastor when you don't like what he's saying. (laughs) Boy, I've been in meetings where I wish I had my finger on the mute button, you know. Don't mute me, Jerry. Get itchy fingers. So the Lord's not going to lead us into temptation, try to test us in some goofy way, but deliver us from evil. Praise God, and he did. You know, Jesus... This is really kind of a prophecy about what he's going to do. He's actually fulfilled all this prayer, but we learn from it anyway. Lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil. He's done that through the cross, thank God. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And you know what? Thank God that we live in that kingdom. And we experience His power. And we, and we can sense the glory of God in our lives. Amen. And we should, our prayer should be, Lord, fill our church with Your glory. Fill our homes with Your glory. Fill our automobiles with Your glory. Fill our hearts with Your glory. Let us experience it and touch it. Amen. And, uh, If you start looking and listening, you'll see the glory of God on a daily basis. I'm telling you, Scarlett and I see so many things, or we'll we'll say something's about to happen, and and uh, the Spirit of God lets us know. Touch the brake. Don't go up that road. Different things, you know. And um, we've we've seen such great stuff happen. Thank God. For his unspeakable gift. Amen. Let's lift our hands and praise him right now. Thank him. I'm going to pray a prayer here and also uh, for the internet. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you for your loving kindness and tender mercies. Praise you, Father. I'm going to pray now. If you've got a physical need, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there and... Um, also on the internet, if you're watching, please uh, pray along with us and uh, let your faith go to God and his power will come to you. And uh, if you have a headache, put your hand on your head. If you've got problems in your, in, with your heart, your lungs or whatever, amen, your eyes, your ears, wherever you have a need, wherever you have a pain. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see the need and all of these people that are listening to me at this moment. And we'll be listening later. Father, in the name of Jesus, as they extend their faith, I thank you that blind eyes open. I command deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to dry up and wither away. All kinds of sicknesses and diseases and maladies have to go and bow their knee to the name of Jesus. Everything that has a name has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Be healed and be whole today from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Lord, those that are suffering with um, uh, uh, mental challenges and 
and uh, emotional challenges. Lord, I thank you for touching them today. We command the devil to take his hands off of God's property. In Jesus' name, be set free. Be delivered in, in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your emotions and in your soul. In Jesus' name and in your mind. Father, I thank you for those that might have a material or a financial need. I thank you that you show yourself strong in those areas for them this week. In the next few days even, even before Thursday, Lord, that they will have a testimony of something that came through, that turned the tide, that turned things around. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let us stand up together and we'll lift our hands and thank God for the service today. Thank God for those who were touched by the on the Internet. Father, we thank you. For this service, we thank you for this congregation that it's growing. We thank you, Lord, for all that have come today. We give you glory and honor and praise for a tremendous week for everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Praise the Lord.